Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. I'm dragging today, Daniel. I'm excited today. Good. Divergence here, isn't it? Well, you can you can carry us then. I got a little cocky after the first shot, after the first vaccination, thinking, you know what? I'm going to be golden. I thought gonna, you were Superman, didn't I'm you? I'm not going to have these side effects that everybody talks about. And then uh, we're cutting the show on a Friday morning, so it was, what, Wednesday night? About 4, well, Wednesday afternoon, 3.30, 4 o'clock, got my shot, second shot. The booster, if you will, and uh, did it boost you? Oh yeah, went home, was feeling good, no problem. I had prepped ahead of time, drank like a gallon and a half of water, and then got a good night's sleep. Woke up the next morning, I was like, man, I am golden. I don't, I don't. Obviously, I am Teflon Don. I feel nothing. This is all these other people. Yeah, all these. It's like when you bring home a baby. And like the first two or three days, your baby sleeps and doesn't really cry very much. I remember thinking to myself, who are these people talking about how hard this is? This is easy. This is nothing. And then, and then it's like, boom, Freight the train. rude awakening. Yeah, so about 11 o'clock yesterday, Thursday, so that would have been a, more than 24 hours. Holy yeah. cow. I got pile-drived. Pile-drived. You're really increasing my motivation here. For the here boost. we are, 24 after that, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better. But whew, man, dragon, dragon, more coffee. Yeah, gonna have to just juice it up. All right, let's go. We got a good question today. Uh, before we hit it, though, let's talk a little bit about some housekeeping odds and ends. Remember, if you want to send us a question, send us an audio file from your iPhone or Android. Just uh, you know, open that app. Record your question, send it to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We will play those uh, questions on the show. If we decide to use one on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. We also have a couple odds and ends going on. DIY Tribe over in Facebook, just really engaged with folks over there. A lot of good questions back and forth. We've got money a, questions or running yeah, motivation. Well, I'm not running now. I'm still on the so injured to reserve the list, list. So, yeah, we're talking about you know books on investing, and people are asking specific questions about their scenario. I love to hear the the updates. Uh, there's a gentleman in there, uh, young man who started driving. Uh, um, Oh shoot, Postmates maybe. Okay, uh, and and talked about he's averaging thirty eight dollars an hour doing that. Anyways, just some really good, like good legit stuff. Thirty eight dollars now. Yeah, like yeah. All he the math? actually posted wow. his stuff. He actually posted his uh, screenshot. That's of, impressive. Yeah, I mean, he might not be taking out for general wear and tear, et cetera, but it's still, good. it's really good. It's good for yeah, him. so just just really good uh, interaction there. Uh, almost uh, almost a thousand people in the in the tribe. We got Instagram, DIY.money. You still doing stuff over there? Yeah, we're doing a little bit of stuff. We put the uh, coffee talk on a little bit of hiatus while we think about what our next sort of creative endeavor is there. Speaking um, of coffee talk, we have the talk. Daniel Zulno Coffee Challenge of 2021 coming up. Got it on the calendar, don't we? Look for that on YouTube. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so DIY.money on Instagram. All right, let's get to our first question from Gage. Gage. 
He's got a good question about a specific product, an investment product. So, Gage, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, guys. My question today is about investing in index funds versus leveraged ETFs. I'm a 24-year-old, and the majority of my investing is buying into index funds such as SPY on a monthly basis, which I plan to buy and hold until retirement. I think if the stock market continues to rise until I retire, would I be better off investing in leveraged ETFs such as TQQQ with hopes of greater returns? I know I might experience more volatility, but since I'm such a long-term investor, should I care? Thanks, guys. It's a great question. It is. Preface. No investment advice. No. Nothing specific to your situation. So it's all educational, what we're about to talk about. Let's keep that at the forefront here. Let's uh, break down, first of all, for those that are not in the know, let's break down some of the verbiage that Gage talked about. Index funds, those are passive investments that track an index. He specifically mentioned the SPY. He's referring to the SPY, which is an ETF. Tracks the S&P 500, 500 largest companies in the United States, 11 sectors. Uh, He also mentioned the TQQQ, which is a leveraged ETF. It just means that it also tracks an index, in this specific uh, instance, the NASDAQ 100, which is 100 uh, of, uh, I don't think it's the largest. I don't know how they measure that, but it's 100 stocks that are part of the... Yeah, but then there's PayPal in there, and I, I think it's I think fintech. It's a, I think it's a little tech. bit more financial than than we we send, tend to yeah. tend to know. But anyways, yes, no no energy, no financials. But but I I don't know. I think it's deviating a little bit. Nonetheless, the Nasdaq 100. I like that index. I've been buying that for my kids, uh, as uh, you know, in addition to the S and P 500 and the Emerging Market Index. So there is, however, exchange traded funds that seek. And that's the that's the term right there. Seek to provide upwards of two to three and sometimes even four times the return, the daily return of its underlying index. So, for example, if the Nasdaq 100, the triple Q happens to be up by one percent, a leveraged ETF on that particular day should be up or seeks to be up approximately two percent. The same applies on the downside. If, in fact, the Qs or the SPY is down 1% on a given day, the leveraged ETF happens to potentially be down maybe 2% on that given day. So that's a little background, and it's a great question. So if I have a long-term rising market over you know a certain period of time, if the S&P 500 returns X over a certain period of time, why wouldn't I just add to it, and I don't care about the volatility, and I'm good to go? So, Daniel, what say you? Yeah, uh, so the reflexive answer um, that you would provide, wow, reflexive. reflexive reflexive in the investment business is that it's about distribution of returns. Uh, and when you're leveraging something, distributions of returns matters. And so we'll take a really simple scenario and, and see kind of how that fleshes out. So you invest $100 in the S&P, say S&P mutual fund, and it goes down 5%. You're down at 950 and then it goes up 5%. No. Why don't you do the, <laughs> the math is 50s getting really and hard. 50s and 100s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, $100 in the S&P, it goes down 50%. Uh, you're at $50. It goes up 100%. You're at $100. Pretty simple. Uh, you invest 100 in... Well, this well, is going to be really no, no, awkward. No, 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 no. Let's, let's go back. It, it's, it's arith... What is it? Arithmetic on the way down, yeah. geometric on the way up. So... I think I said that right. I so clearly if you, didn't put this in notes, so no, I can do fine. it quickly. No, it's fine. But if you if you go down fifty percent from a hundred to fifty, yeah, 
and then you return 50%, yes. you are only at 75. Correct. You have to return 100% to get back mm-hmm. your initial investment. And that's an extreme 50%, 100%, but it works every which way. If you're down 10, you actually need to return about 11 yeah. to get back. Yeah. Is that where you were going with that? So that's yeah, that's what you're facing. So if you're if you're compounding those daily returns times 2 or 3, now, obviously, well, hopefully, you're not going to be down 50% in a stock index in a day. Get out of here. Could it happen? Get out of here, man. Prob- no. I mean, something in could happen, no. but no, it shouldn't. No. Uh, but you're close the market. <laughs> yes. You're going to face sort of the extreme moves on the downside. Uh, and if you go through something like we went through in the pandemic, where it's just day after day of extreme moves, you're going to see accelerating downside moves. You now have to make up significant upside. So the reflexive answer would be, the math there shouldn't shouldn't work. Over time, you should see deterioration in these. They have high costs. The management fees are are higher than an average index fund uh, because they're a manager has to be rebalancing these dailies. That's not one person. It's probably a team of people plus accounting, etc. Uh, in addition to that, it's not like you can buy into the ETF or mutual fund and then they just use margin to buy twice the amount or three times the amount of stuff. What they actually have to do is they typically will buy some of the index and then they'll buy some options, which kind of complicates things because options are priced on volatility and they have time decay and things like that. So all that to say is you're taking a pretty standard product, an index fund, and you're really complicating it with multiple factors to create two and three times. So in a very steady moving market that will move up or down very steadily um, without significant counter moves that works well. What doesn't work exceptionally well is when unknown things happen, like massive spikes in volatility or massive decreases in volatility, things of that nature that would affect the options. And we actually saw this in the um, the VIX. Was it the leverage VIX or just the standard? TVIX. The just inverse VIX. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unexpected things can happen with these that wouldn't affect the overall market, but can affect something that has layers of complexity added to it. So again, the reflexive answer for if you're talking about saving for retirement and saving for the very long term is why wouldn't you not just keep it simple, dollar cost average into a standard index fund? And so that was my, honestly, when you sent me the question, that was my reflexive answer. However, we don't just take reflexive answers and rules of thumbs here. We actually go back and look at the math. And so I went back and looked at the performance on the Schwab S&P 500 index fund versus the direct direction direction monthly S&P bull 2x fund investor class so it just does double the S&P so i compared those two i also compared the um one of the longest running Nasdaq 100 funds the USAA Nasdaq 100 index fund these are all mutual funds just easier to compare cuz the performance is standardized versus the Ridex 100 2x strategy fund and in theory as you look really far out there should be pretty significant um sort of slippage in the inverse ones for all the reasons we just talked about. So looking out, 10-year return on the S&P 500 index fund, uh, the 10-year average annual return on that is uh, positive 13.76% per year. So we'll call that 13-ish percent. The 2x, 10-year average annual return, 23%. So not 2x over the long haul, but honestly, not as much slippage as I had thought, considering uh, that this goes back 10 years. And we've had some pretty good hiccups in there, namely 
this past year. Uh, looking out at the NASDAQ, let's see. We can go 15 years back on that, uh, comparison versus comparison. 15-year average annual return on the uh, the NASDAQ USAA mutual fund. Uh, this is, again, average annual return, 14.88% over 15 years. And the 2X strategy, 22.88. So that's a bit more slippage, uh, more significantly. You would expect 14.88. You'd be almost 30%, hopefully, in the NASDAQ. You're at 22.8. We don't have really, really long term. Uh, we don't have 30 years. So if you're talking about you're in your 20s and wanting to hold this to retirement, we don't have that. Uh, but it looks like the longer we go out, actually, because of the various uh, volatility in the market, the closer those come together. Uh, you have volatility fees and et cetera. Uh, the other thing I think is really worth pointing out is you have to have a stomach of steel. Uh, and as we found out from your vaccine, you might think you're made of steel. Uh, but when push comes to shove and you go through some adversity or get pumped full of vaccine juice, that might not be the case. So if you invest in the NASDAQ 100, worst three months. Back in 2008, you were down, uh, and this is worst uh, three cumulative months, uh, just a way that they standardize it for mutual funds. You were down 37% uh, at one point in 2008. If you were holding the 2X1, you were down 65%. Uh, and we kind of see the same thing as we flip over to the uh, the 2X S&P. You were down 68% at one point in 2008. So, I mean, if you imagine, even if you've, got great returns in these, suddenly you go through you know a 90-day period where you see your investment in these down 70%. You take a really committed investor, I think, to not at some point during that start to freak out and sell some off and go, maybe it's broken. Maybe the strategy is not working. Yes, it's 2x the downside, but I mean, 2x the downside on a standard 25-30% move in the market is uh, nauseating. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be pretty nauseous. Um. Not much to add. I will say I just looked at this year, for instance, which is pretty fascinating. And we've had a higher volatility index. So the options that they're purchasing for these instruments are more expensive. Ultimately, the Qs, the triple Qs, are down less than 1% right now, 077 and the TQQQ is down 6.6. That's a massive difference just this year. So we have had a significant rising market over time. If we were to go through a significant bear market recession-type situation, 08, 09, uh, 2000, 2001, again, these would erode extremely quickly. And you might find yourself, as Daniel alluded to, you're in a recession now, you've been saving, and I know that Everybody says, well, I'm not touching this till retirement until you lose your job, right? Mike Tyson, everybody's got to get a plan until you get punched in the face. So you can recover if you've got to take some capital out and you're down 20%. But if you're down 70%, that's a big, that's, that's uh, you know, that's a hefty amount to be down, especially if you run into an emergency. The other thing I'll say is that if you're doing this outside of a retirement account, because they have a significant amount of turnover, I believe, I could be mistaken, but I believe that these ETFs and these funds issue massive one-time capital gains distributions near the end of the year, which for the purposes of what Daniel was alluding to are considered to be reinvested immediately. But they don't take into consideration the tax ramifications. So whereas you're in a passive S&P 500, they, they don't 
do, I don't think hardly any, if at all, uh, significant or any capital gains distributions could be very, very small if they have to maybe sell something to add something else in. But ultimately, these these products are going to are going to um, uh, significantly, uh, you know, distribute capital gains throughout the year. You could be down in the product, and they could ultimately issue a capital gains uh, tax taxable event. It's one of the problems with actively traded mutual funds is a lot of people have these actively traded mutual funds with high turnover, and they could be down for the given year, and all of a sudden the fund kicks out a distribution, and they owe taxes on that distribution. So you got to be very, very careful. Nonetheless, it's a great question. i I got to be candid with you outside of all the stuff that we just talked about. Uh, what makes me nervous about these products is that, again, they're structured products based on leverage, and at any given moment, they could blow up. I mean, literally, they could blow up. And if you look in the prospectus of these uh, products, they, they, they allude to that. And, and so there was this joke when TVIX basically went to zero that people were like, oh, you just should have read the prospectus. And the joke was that nobody reads the prospectus on these things. Nobody at all. They just buy them. And, you know, if you're doing it through your retirement account, they they put up this little note that says, have you read the prospectus? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, of course I have. And you're not going to read it. And even when they send it to you, they're not going to read it. So ultimately, I'll tell you right now, these, these companies are protecting themselves in the event that they do blow up. And they say, yeah, well, we told you on page 55 with the 2.7 font that we could blow up at any time. So I would be very, very careful with these uh, products. My two cents. Yeah. And in hindsight, where we are at basically all-time highs in the market, it looks like if you just went back to 2009, 2010, 2012, at any time in the last 10 years of bull market and invested in one of these, you would have done exceptionally better than the index. Uh, And we've had some downturns over that time period, but all things considered, this market has gone uh, very well to the upside, especially something like the QQQ or the NASDAQ. And so... With that hindsight, you know, if I was, I'm not saying you should buy these. If I was going to purchase one of these for a longer term investment, would I be doing it at market highs where there's a better chance that we might see a significant, not bear market, but, you know, volatility to the downside come in? That's not the time that I would, uh, I would probably purchase it. And I would honestly, with my retirement account, be very cautious about purchasing anything exotic because I want that money there in the future. There you go. Good question, Gage. Thanks so much for sending that in. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.